welcome to episode six of the Four Loops Golf Podcast. Today's episode is titled The Future of Golf. And in today's episode, we're not going to talk about golf balls, golf clubs. There's been a lot said about that. We're going to take a slightly bigger picture and think about golf clubs in general. And the second segment of this program is a bit more light about turning our gaze further afield, maybe a year or two down the track, planning a uh, big golf trip, family holiday, or a combination of both. First, a quick disclaimer. My thoughts today on the future of golf are my thoughts not trying to represent the boards or the club's official position. So with that out of the way, I sort of think we've got two types of golfers slash members. The first type, I refer to them as recreational golfers. These golfers use golf as a way to refresh their bodies and minds. Some people call them car park members. Typically, these leisure members love their golf, but once they've played their 18, 9 or 12 holes, jump in their car and head home. They feel refreshed and revitalised and they're ready to leave resume their normal work, family, social life. Then we have what I call the leisure golf members. They choose to spend their free time playing golf and socialising at the club, away from their everyday life and responsibilities. These two types of members coexist happily most of the time, a little bit of friction on occasion, but uh, are both important to the future success of any golf club. And of course, it's not black and white. So there's an ongoing challenge for the board in subcommittees and the manager to cater for both types of members. And the club's doing this through upgrading the bar facility for those leisure members. And on the recreational side, we've done the paths, the tees, and free Wi-Fi for those members who work from home that might want to break from that, come to the club, log on, do a bit of work and have a little bit of a chip and a putt in your lunchtime, or just get a bit of fresh air, different change of scenery. Anyway, and now it's time to turn our gaze to what's the future of golf going to be? Who knows is the answer, but we've got to start to think about it. Uh, so when the future eventually arrives, we've got a bit of a plan, we've got a, a roadmap, so we can sort of... Uh, maybe see opportunities that might come our way down the track. There's been a little bit of talk over the last few years in the general golfing community about 
18 holes being a long time, um, you know, maybe one day it'll get down to 12 holes. Take a little less time, still long enough to have a, a bit of a break and, uh, and go from there. It's like, well, how would Medway cope with 12 holes? Well, funnily enough, if you think about it, Let's just, for argument's sake, say you uh, hit off on 10, then wandered over to four, five, then snuck around to seven, eight, nine. There's six holes. Then you wandered down to the 13th tee, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Voila, we've got 12 very usable golf holes. In arguably the best part of the property, that's where the undulations are, the views of the Melbourne River, the occasional snake during this time of year. So watch out for them. Um, yeah, so we're, we're sort of good to go. We've got 12 holes pretty much ready to go without it being too much of an issue or expense. It's like, well, okay, we've turned the golf into a, into 12 holes. And hey, look, if you want to play at eight, you know, you play, uh, you play one of those six holes twice. That gets your 18 in if you need to. This is all down the track, of course. It's not happening anytime soon. But uh, we're going to be, you know, let's say the club would be left with a massive parcel of land there. It's all flat. It's potentially worth a lot of money. The easy option would be to say, uh, cash out chips in and take it. Take the dough, set ourselves up and uh, play our 12 holes of golf from here to, a, you know, hopefully eternity. But other options might be. Wouldn't it be great? We could turn the. Uh, we could we could do it like a. Uh, we could put a mini golf course in. It's flat, easy, accessible land, or a lovely uh, driving range. Maybe a two-story one, a night driving range, with a little bit of a cafe out there. We've even got enough land to consider a uh, a nine-hole par three tournament. Wouldn't it be great to sort of uh, get the young ones out there before they went on the proper course to uh, play nine holes, little par three, or even those uh, ageing members who really can't, uh, you know, can't walk 18 anymore, still love to walk, still love to hit the ball, uh, get out there and, you know, play nine holes on a par three course. There's an opportunity there. Just for a second... Imagine the sixth hole. What if we turn that entire sixth hole into one massive putting green? You could say, wow, how big could potentially have 18 holes of sort of a cross between mini golf and par three golf? Now you might say that's just a crazy idea, but hang on a sec. When I was in Japan a couple of years ago, I was wandering around the streets of one of the cities there it wasn't one of the major ones. And uh, I see a sign that said golf. And I said, I've got to check this out. There was no green grass anywhere to be seen. Anyway, I took the escalators down to a basement. In that basement, lo and behold, was a golf course. Now, it wasn't mini golf. Most of the holes were somewhere around that sort of 30 to 40, 50 meter range. So I suppose you could still potentially use your putter and, uh, you know, with various undulations and, you know, a few little swales here or there, 
made for a very interesting indoor golf with particular fashion clubs and sort of d different balls than we're used to using. But you could certainly see that we could potentially have 18 holes of uh, semi-mini golf type par three all the way up along that sixth hole. So there's some options up there, out there. I mean, uh, who knows? But, uh, you know, it's all uh, good. And I guess the future, the future of Medway Golf Club might be a little bit more tuned possibly to a... Uh, why don't we uh, look at uh, opportunities like a country club type thing? Uh, off, you know, non-golf, like let's put a recreational pool in. I mean, people's backyards are getting smaller. A lot of people have, uh, you know, don't want the maintenance of a pool or even talking to members that do have pools say that, uh, you know, they reckon they're the only ones swimming in it. The kids don't want to swim in it anymore or we've spent, uh, you know, 50, 100 grand on this sort of uh, thing that looks good, but it's hardly used. Well, maybe, and they don't, and you, you know, members may not necessarily want to go down to a community pool. They might that sort of like that country club. You know, you see some familiar faces and it's a bit more relaxed and you can have a, a beer and a couch while the kids have a splash or um, whatnot. I mean, maybe we'll incorporate a, a gymnasium. I mean, you know, members wanting to keep fit and, you know, there's health benefits that, benefits there in lifting weights for the young, the old, um, you know, right, ac right across the range of members. Uh, we might even have some indoor games like ping pong and pool. We used to have a couple of pool tables in the bar there, I recall, and I spent a fair bit of, uh, you know, the summer in between playing a few holes with the boys uh, and, you know, there wasn't, sorry, there wasn't many young ladies around at that time uh, playing pool, but uh and uh, play a few games of pool, have a set, you know, lemon squash and head out and play a bit of golf. Uh, but these days, maybe the young ones might be a bit more keen to have some Xboxes, you know, uh, even the, the thought of um, repurposing the clubhouse, uh, you know, having a little, uh, like a mini, a mini theatre for, you know, a few movies here, or, you know, you could hire it out. Um, I think Yarrawonga has a facility you know, it has a little bit of a gold class experience for the members. I mean, just thinking broadly and um, basically, you know, like nothing's off the table. Uh, everything's on the table. It's all got to be just sort of, um, you know, thought about. But I mean, you know, we're already a quarter of a way through the 21st century. And uh, for some of us, uh, you know, we lived a, a fair bit of our life in the 20th century. And, uh, you know, time is marching along quickly, 2000. Well, the year 2000 only seems like yesterday, but it was uh, coming up to 25 years ago. So uh, these are the sort of things that, um, you know, the manager, you know, prompts the board, the board, you know, have little chit chats or maybe set up subcommittees to think about the future of the club because it's it's here, it's now. I mean, we're all on this roller coaster ride. Um, when you get on a roller coaster, you jump in, you strap yourself in, you hold on tight. But uh, if you want to get the, the full enjoyment of the ride, you've got to make sure you look up, you know, to get a glimpse of what the future might uh, hold. And, um, you know, I mean, um, predicting the future, well, it's a bit like predicting uh, getting the trifecta in the Melbourne Cup. It's, uh, it's very hard to get it right. But, um, look, you've got to be in it to win it. And uh, I think Medway is, uh, we, we, we do have a future gaze and that's good. So we're not sort of... Uh, resting on our laurels and we're always exploring uh, uh, new ways to innovate and uh, it's what uh, makes it a good 
good club to be a member of. So, okay, enough of this sort of uh, DNM sort of stuff. Now on to a bit of our second segment, which is a bit more fun and uh, potentially uh, getting out of a, getting out of town and uh, and uh, having a nice trip. Cheers. podcast we're going to give a shout out to a local sponsor it's hong van builders they sponsor our tent tea they've been around since 1989 and are a family-owned business so if you're in the market for a luxury new home or you're doing a multi-unit residential development or even just doing a quality renovation or extension reach out to vico chung Well, wasn't it great this week to see Qantas bring forward their plans to reopen some international routes? So maybe we could start to think about a potential family or golf trip to the USA. Let's have a look at Florida. Florida, there's so much to do there. It's a massive holiday destination for the US population. And uh, there's lots of non-golf activities there. Uh, whilst you're there, you might uh, head down to Disney World. Disney World's got four theme parks. Not just one like Disneyland. Well, they've actually got two because uh, they've got California Adventure Park. But uh, Disney World has four theme parks and two water parks. So there's a family vacation just there. There's six theme parks. That's pretty crazy. Um You've also got the Kennedy Space Center, which is uh, right near a place called Melbourne, Melbourne, Florida. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of cute to get your photo taken there. Um, but then, yeah, check out the Kennedy Space Center, sort of uh, educational slash theme park um, facility there in Florida. Uh, look, you might even feel like uh, jumping on Alligator Alley. Uh, and head down to Miami and check out the uh, Everglades uh, and uh, recreate the uh, Don Johnson Miami Vice look on the airboat as you zoom around and see some uh, alligators, not crocs, okay, just alligators there, not quite as uh, fearsome as our crocodiles. Uh, Even then, you might sort of, uh, while you're down in Miami, head a bit further down to sort of Kenny Rogers, you know, Key Largo, <laughs> see down the Florida Keys, uh, watch out for those drug dealers there, head right down to Key West is an opportunity, so uh, some nice little spots to do, uh, work your way around there. Uh, yeah, so there's plenty of things to do in, in Florida, and while you're there, you, you might uh, catch out a, catch a, a basketball game like the Orlando Magic, uh, you might uh, check out the Florida University, uh, the Gators, they have uh, some pretty good basketball games and um, other sports there. And even like, uh, you know, um, if you happen to be there when it's chilly up north in America, the uh, baseball teams like the uh, New York uh, Yankees base themselves in Florida for the winter. So there's plenty of things to do that are non-golf related that can easily, uh, you could fill in a couple of weeks, two or three weeks in Florida and uh, not have to leave the state. 
So let's say you fly out of Melbourne into Florida. It's uh, via LA. It's quite a, a bit of a haul. You may do an overnight stay in LA to break it up a little bit. Uh, it just depends on how good or how how, how much you like long haul flights, really. Uh, but you typically fly into Orlando. And there's a little resort there that's about uh, five to seven or so miles away from Disney World called a Reunion Resort, the Reunion Resort. Uh, at that resort, it's a gated community, sort of makes us Australians feel a little bit safer, you know, watching too many of those uh, crime shows in America. Uh, and there are just happened to be three golf courses on this facility. One designed by Nicholas, one designed by Palmer, and one designed by Watson. So I shouldn't need to say what their first names are. I'm pretty sure you'll you'll you put the three. You'll join the dots. So there's three golf courses on this facility, plus a you know heaps of accommodation. I think there's probably I think there's around about ten or eleven pools there. So there's golf, there's pools, uh, and you can pick up a three bedroom, three bathroom apartment. Therefore, you know, uh, a similar price than what you'd pay on the Gold Coast. So it's pretty handy. And uh, you can use that as a base for a few days to do some theme parks, have a game of golf. And uh, then you might want to move on from there and maybe sneak down to Arnie's place, Bay Hill. Not a bad spot. You can actually stay at Bay Hill uh, in the accommodation there. Uh, we stayed there about six weeks after the tournament and uh, pretty pretty reasonable price. And uh, it's great to stay in the facilities. They Obviously, they've got first-class facilities. And even just, um, you know, you're sort of eating in the dining room or under par the was, the memorabilia and uh, staying in the rooms. Uh, I was talking to the receptionist there and she said, you know, Ricky Fowler stayed at the at there when he played the tournament because just you get the feel that whole Arnold Palmer feel it's Arnold Palmer Disneyland there and uh, get out on the course it's quite a uh, it's quite a challenging golf course uh, especially if you're anywhere near the back tees it uh, realise that uh, actually how far those professionals do hit it and uh, a few little water carries there and uh, when you stand on that tee it's uh, the par five that goes around the lake it's quite famous. And you look at, see what uh, the carry is there. And uh, to think that Bryson uh, took it over that lake is um, pretty phenomenal, really, because you don't really want to chop off any of the uh, lake if you can help it. But uh, basically to head over the head over the middle of it and have a wedge in is uh, pretty sensational. So it's a good little spot there, plenty of history. And, uh, you know, you're playing a, a course where a PGA tournament's held. And then from there you might... Uh, sort of wander your way around the coast. Um, you're going to get past things like you've got the Daytona Speedway there. The World Golf Museum is also in Florida. As you sort of wind your way up, head a bit north, there's a nice resort called Hammock Dunes, which is right on the coast. There's 36 holes. You can base yourself there for a couple of days and, uh, and then eventually work your way up past St. Augustine, or Augustine, Augustine, I mean, you know, however the Americans want to pronounce it. It's a very historic town, very European looking, believe it or not, for an American city. It was one of the first colonies, uh, settlements there. I think it's got the first first school in America was there. So it's a little bit of a sightseeing on your way up to uh, the Jacksonville. 
and uh, why not finish the golf trip or family trip with a, a stay and a play at uh, TPC Sawgrass. That's uh, quite an amazing 36-hole facility there. And if you get on the uh, on the big track and, uh, you know, try your hand on that par three the, over the water, the thing, 17th, I think it is. And um, it's, uh, yeah, seeing it firsthand, it's a little different than on television. And uh, there's a lot of water there and uh, a lot of balls going for a swim for us uh, average golfers. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, it's a highlight. It's a bucket list thing, potentially. So, uh, and then from Jacksonville, you can fly out of there to LA and then they head home and, uh, you know, get back to the real world. Anyway, until we teed up next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Lastly, please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you have any suggestions or feedback, email me at fourloopsgolf F-O-R-E-L-O-O-P-S-G-O-L-F at gmail.com. Till next time.